I'm gonna have. Wait, can I see that? Okay, I'll fix this. <laughs> Look where I put the skeleton. It's like right there. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the other skeleton. Hey, what'd you put? What'd you do with this? Supposed to go right. Double bladed lightsaber. That's gonna perfect. Yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, look at these guys. Who's this? These are the skeletons from Minecraft. Hello viewers, and welcome back to this episode of Together for Salem. This episode's actually called Fam Family Drama, which is episode eight of our Where Do We Go From Here season. That's true. And it's also, wait, remember it's the kids version? Kids version. Yes, the kids version with Mother's Day. So where do we go from here? Where? Where is our place in this monster quarantine that's happening? I think we should just try to stay sane, like have Zoom meeting with your friends, like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, we gotta keep you gotta keep our minds busy. Johnny has been playing with Legos. I've been getting me outside. I've been working out. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things we can do to keep our minds busy, busy, including watching this series. Here we go. Johnny and Andrew, Andrew and Johnny. Since it's Mother's Day, we're giving them a little bit of a break. You're watching Church Online from Cross Creek, together for Salem. Speaking of Cross Creek, there's a website called yourcrosscreek.com, and as you may have guessed, it's our website. There's a free online form you can fill out, and bada bing, bada boom, you'll have yourself a free gift. Since it's Mother's Day, we thought we'd talk about families, so we're gonna get some advice from the experts. Being a kid. Being in time out. Uh, waiting to grow up. Probably not being able to do some things like at an amusement park, you would have to be like an adult to go on a certain ride. I have to do a lot of work. Probably getting in fights with my friends. Being nice. Being bossed around by, by my parents. <laughs> Having to follow rules that your parents need. Getting along with everyone bossing me around when I'm the youngest in my family. Well, the hardest thing about being a kid is that your parents are sort of the ones who tell you what to do, so you're not just going to do whatever you want. Mostly not being able to like choose what I want to watch every day. Having to go to school and do all my work. Taking a bath. Obeying your parents and doing what they say. School. Um, have to listen to everything the parents say. Uh -huh. Parents day. Probably fighting with my sister. Climbing trees. <laughs> doing school. That we have to like. <laughs> the hardest thing about being a kid is the amount of schoolwork that I get. Sleeping. 
What do you think it takes to be a good parent? To, to love my children. To help your kids with homework when they're scared. Not to be mean. I think it takes love and a lot of effort. Loving children, um, having patience. They need to be nice to you and not buy you everything so you won't want everything. To be nice. Hard work. Quiet hard work. Being patient, being a great person, and being respectful to other people. Making the kids have fun. Like, if you ever have, like, a fight, just solve it with your words and never get into a physical fight. To see my puppy. It takes lots of discipline and love to be a good parent. Be kind and to have patience. I think it takes to be a good parent is to be kind and loving and always willing to help, help your kids. Oh, like being nice to all your co-workers and just being nice to everyone and like making your kids food. Loving your children. It takes lots of kindness to be a good parent so you can be nice to your family. To be nice. <laughs> uh, washing up. <laughs> what do you love most about your mom? She plays with us, she takes us places, and she's hardworking. Giving toys for Easter! <laughs> what I love most about her is that she is always willing to help me and loves me even if I screw up. She's super nice and her food is really good and she cares about us a lot. I love that my mom likes to um, take us places like the park and takes us on walks. I play lots of games with her. That if I ever get fall down, she'll always help me get back up. Because she got married. She's really nice. She's beautiful. What I love most about my mom is that she takes care of me. Well, I like that she really loves to play with me. She's nice, she's sweet, I love her. That's how you know her That when I fall, she helps me up. That she sticks up for me no matter what, and that she um, is always kind of helping. That she's a hard worker and she plays with us. Yeah, um, and she plays with us. My mom makes me a lot of food, my mom's super nice, and there's a bunch of other things. But I think I'm only supposed to say that. So, yeah. That she takes me to Disneyland like every <laughs> two years. <laughs> that she plays games with me, she reads with me, and she lets us get pets. That she sings to me in the night. She helps me by giving me um, tacos. She's having a baby. What do you want me? Bye! <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Love you. Happy. Love you.
Hey, weren't those kids cute? You know why they were cute? Because they weren't asking for snacks. See, I gotta tell you something. It's kind of a confession, so please don't judge me too hard, because I won't judge you when you confess things. But throughout this whole time, I can't like shake the thought how much more fun I could be having during this quarantine if I didn't have kids. They're in the other room trying to sleep, so I had to whisper it. But like, I just think about how fun it would be to hang out with my wife, watch movies, get some work from home done without anybody bothering me. It just sounds so nice. And you know, I do, I want this quarantine time to be a, an amazing family time with like board game nights and movie nights. And we put together this play production and everybody has their own parts and we film it and all that. But it, that just doesn't happen. I mean, there are, there are some good parts that I get to experience. Um, you see here, I, I got a new office mate this week, and that was awesome. That's something I'm probably going to remember forever, getting to work next to my son. That was pretty cool. But this hasn't been easy. And life is an Instagram, and I'm not John Krasinski with some good news every day. This is, this is real life. And you know what? I'm, maybe you are too, but I'm seeing the gaps in my parenting style right now. And you know what? The kids, kids keep fighting. They keep whining, and I'm realizing that really nothing tests a family like difficulty and adversity. There's just something about the difficulty and adversity that really tests what your family is and what you've been putting into your kids and what your, what your parenting style really brings out into the family. Now, maybe my, my situation isn't your situation. Maybe your little angels have been wonderful and you're just enjoying this time and everything's been perfect. Maybe your kids are grown and you're thinking back to when they were kids and you're wishing you had time like this so that you could, you could have a do-over and, and try again and have special time with your family. Maybe you don't have kids yet and you in, enjoy your freedom. You're enjoying your freedom or you're wishing you did have kids to spend this time with. Or maybe... You are the kid, and you're at home, and it's not your kids driving you crazy, it's your parents driving you crazy. Maybe your parents are driving you crazy and you're out of the house, I don't know. But here's what I know. I think we can use this time to, to work on becoming the family that we always wanted to be. Use this time, this, this coronavirus quarantine time, to really work on aspects of our family that we, we could carry with us for the rest of the years. And like we said with marriage in the last episode, every family is different. So there's no like five-step program that God gave us to, to have the perfect family. It's not like he said, hey, turn to page 37 in your Bibles and this is how you're supposed to have a family. There's no cookie cutter family. There's no cookie cutter answer to families. But what God does do just like marriage again, is give us this overarching idea, this overarching theme of how we could create the family that he intends for us, the family that will actually bring joy and um, fulfillment. Wouldn't that be great if your family fulfilled you? It would be great. So he gives us an overarching idea. And if you're not a Jesus follower, that is awesome. We created this whole thing for you. And you don't have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead or that Jesus was God for this principle to work for you, for this principle to actually make a difference in your life. I think, I think it would help, but I think even if you don't believe Jesus is God, this is something that will help, so stick around. 
But we hear, we hear about this overarching principle that God has for our families from the writings of a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was writing to uh, ancient Jesus followers in the city of Ephesus around 62 AD. And it's just a letter he's writing to Jesus followers. And in it, he's talking to Jesus following families about what love looks like, about what love looks like in the family. How does that play out? And he starts his whole section on these relationships, which we talked about last week, with this idea. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This, this idea of mutual submission. And I know submission doesn't have, isn't a fun word, but here's, here's our definition that we're working with. Submission is giving up all of me for your good. That's the goal of a Jesus-following family, that we give up all of us for the good of others. If, if you're a math person, we had this, this equation. You being greater than me equals submission. That's what we're talking about. And that's the idea that Paul's talking about for families. We talked about marriage in the last episode. This, this week, it's about the, the parent and the child relationship. And now, when he talks about this, it's, it's, the passage we're going to look at is one of those, the most misused, again, one of the most abused, sometimes weaponized passages. It's been, it's been used by parents for centuries to force their kids to do what they want them to do. It's been used by religious parents to force their kids to fit into their own mold, to um, toe the line, follow their rules. In fact, here, maybe if you grew up in church, maybe it's verses like this that made you leave church. Maybe it's verses like this that made you never even want to like make your kids go to church. Here's, here's the verse. Are you ready? Are you excited now? Children, obey your parents. Because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. Children, obey your parents. Done. This whole family thing would be so much easier, kids, if you would just obey your parents, and then we wouldn't have to do anything, and life would be great. And you know what? Growing up through no fault of my parents, because they didn't live this way, but I thought that's where Paul stopped his passage on family. I thought it was all about kids obeying the parents, and that was what you had to do, and the parents, you know, were just the parents, and they were always right. But that's not, God doesn't stop the passage there. Paul keeps writing, and it's because in God's kingdom, more authority always means more responsibility. If you have more authority, you have more responsibility. And so Paul doesn't stop with the kids. He keeps going. He says, fathers or parents, do not provoke your children to anger. Think about it. Provoke them to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, the goal of a Jesus-following family is that everyone is submitting all of themselves for everyone else. You picture a family like that where everyone is submitting all of themselves for everyone else? Wouldn't that be great? So how do we actually get there? How do we do that? Well, kids submit by honoring and obeying, by obeying and honoring in that order. Now, parents, this is not your time to nudge and be like, here, be listening to this, Johnny, because he's saying you got to obey. Parents, you could like go to the other room, go pour something, drink it for a little while, and then the kids will call you back when it's your turn. Because Paul wasn't writing to you. He was writing to the kids. And he says, 
Kids submit by obeying and honoring. And this obedience isn't a forced thing. And it's, it's not that, you know, it's not even about your parents or their stupid rules. It's about God. It's about, it's about trusting God. We'll get to the parents soon, but let's just talk to you for a second. See, obedience is trust. Yes, trusting your parents, but also trusting that God gave you those parents, that he created you on purpose, put you in that family on purpose, because he knew this is what would make you, you. And so when we obey these parents, even if we disagree, if we obey them, we are trusting God. We're trusting that he will take care of us if we just simply trust him. Now, see, obedience is an action, right? You choose to obey. You, you, you do the things they ask you to do. You don't do the things they tell you not to do. But it also says honor your parents. Obedience is an action. Honor is an attitude. An attitude always makes all the difference. Honor just means respect. You respect them. Not because they deserve it, because let's be honest, no parent is perfect. Nobody perfectly deserves to be honored and be fully respected. But you honor them because that's the role God put them in. And this whole honor thing, by the way, adults, if you're, if you're still watching, has no age limit. You can still honor your parents. Even if they weren't the greatest parents, you can still honor them and respect them. Even if they're not living, you can still talk well about them. Now, stop. We're not talking about abuse. If a parent is forcing you to obey and it's something that you know is wrong or they're mistreating you, you don't, you don't have to submit to that. God doesn't tell you, stay in a dangerous situation that is unhealthy for you. If that's what you're in, we want to help you. You can, you can write to us. We will get you out of that situation. But in, for most cases, attitude makes the difference. And that attitude is honor. And it, this honor makes obedience so much easier. In fact, it's a secret weapon. It's a secret weapon that 60% of the time works every time. It's not, see this attitude of honor is not like obeying with an attitude. Like I really like, okay. I can't even roll my eyes. It's been so long since I've done it. I'll, I'll bring my kids out next time. They're really getting good at it, especially my four-year-old daughter. But that's not, that's not um, honoring. That's not the attitude we're talking about. This is, it's more like this. And you wouldn't say these words because it's going to sound lame. But it's, mom, dad, I don't agree with you. And that's okay that you don't agree. You don't always have to agree. I don't agree with you, but because I'm a Jesus follower, I am choosing to honor you and do what you ask because I love Jesus. Your parents wouldn't know what to do with that. They, they'd be like, uh, 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 oh, what were we arguing about? Okay, you were right. See, it works. Could you imagine the, the difference that would make in disagreements, in arguments, saying, I might not agree, and that's okay, but because I love Jesus, I'm willing to honor and obey you. It's, it's saying, what does Jesus's love look like in this situation? Think of the privileges you would probably get out of that kind of attitude. And it says, Paul says, honor and obey and honor your parents so that you may have long life, so that you may have good life. See, it's not that you would live forever because nobody does that, but it's talking about this wisdom and self-discipline that comes from knowing how to honor authority, knowing how to obey, even if you disagree. It leads to a better and maybe a longer life because you're trusting God.
See, learning to trust your heavenly father, what we call following Jesus, but learning to trust your heavenly father makes you makes your life better and makes you better at life. And this honoring and obeying is a, a testing ground to know how to do that through all of life. And so like we said, parents, you can come back now. You can come back to the room, put your other thing away and come listen. Parents have the greater responsibility in this. More authority means more responsibility. See, parents submit by giving all of themselves for the good of their kids. It's not easy. Because, yes, we love our kids, but we also want stuff. We also love our pride and our comfort. And so it's hard to submit to our kids. And so we don't want to. So we provoke them to anger. Or another translation says, we exasperate our kids. And you're thinking, no, I don't. Yes, you do, because you're a human parent. We all do it. Here's, here's some examples. Having double standards, right? What's, what's good for me isn't good for you. Um, or hypocrisy, being one person at home and being a whole different person out in public, especially if you're a church family, right? And you're arguing and fighting on the way to church. And then you get to church and you're like, oh yeah, life is good. I love Jesus. How are you doing, brother? And then you get in the car and you're all yelling at each other again. That's provoking. That's making it hard for them to honor you. Um, exasperating them, provoking them to anger, ignoring them. Maybe ignoring them because your, your phone is so important or ignoring them because you'd rather watch TV than talk to them about what's going on with them. Uh, maybe disciplining them not because they need correction, but because they're just annoying you and they just won't be quiet. Talking down to them. Like, what's wrong with you? Why would you even do that? What were you thinking? Like, you're not, my, my kids don't do that. Don't, don't, don't you ever think? Maybe being more concerned about what their behavior makes you look like than how their behavior affects their life. Overprotection. Being overbearing micromanaging, insisting on perfectionism, maybe when you don't even insist on it on you for yourself, or trying to live vicariously through them or make up for your past through them, making them fit into a mold that they weren't born to fit into. You're like, well, that's a long list. It is. But think about what drove you crazy about your parents. That's provoking the anger. That is exasperating. That's a great example. And it makes it almost impossible for kids to submit and honor and obey. Think about it. Is it you know how hard it is to submit to an overbearing authority figure, an unfair authority figure who never listens to your, to your opinions and just tells you how it's supposed to be. Now picture that authority figure being a giant infinitely stronger than you who towers over you and controls every aspect of your life. That's what it's like to have an exasperating parent. We don't want that for our family. So we know what not to do, but what do we do? Paul says, bring them up. Like a steady, this idea of steady nourishment, training them, guiding them. See, we're not their bosses. We're their guides. We're their, we're their mentor. We are their Obi-Wan. We are their Dumbledore. We are their Gandalf to guide them on the journey God has them on, to support them, to model and encourage what love looks like. That is the role of a parent, to show them what Jesus' love looks like. 
Sounds like a hard job. It is. So where do we get this ability to wisely guide, correct, and discipline just like the great Obi-Wan? Well, Paul tells us. He says, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Remember, it's not what does my love look like or what does my wisdom look like or what does my training look like. It's what does Jesus's love in me look like? If you have Jesus, you have his patience. You have his wisdom. You just have to ask him. And so in those moments where you don't know what to do and there's just, say, Jesus, give me your love. Give me your patience. Give me your wisdom in this moment. Help me. Give me your thoughts, your ideas how to better raise and train these kids. And parents, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, I gotta tell you, the best parenting advice I've ever seen is actually from uh, a guy that many people think was the wisest man who ever lived 3,000 years ago, King Solomon, uh, the ancient Israelite king. He said this, start children off on the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. Start them off on the way they should go. See, it's individualistic. Each kid is an individual. Each each phase they are in is a different phase. Every kid is different. Every phase that that kid is in is different. Are they the creative type? Nurture that. Are they an introvert? Don't force them to go to the parties like you used to. Are they an extrovert? Well, then don't force them to stay. Well, you should force them to stay home right now. But when things get normal, let them have a social life. Don't force them to be somebody that God didn't make them to be. Respect who they were made to be. And during this quarantine time, use it to study your kids. You're forcing them to study their home stuff anyway. But use this time to study their kids. Maybe your kids are out of the house and you can Zoom with them and you can think about, what do my kids need from me right now? Who are they? Who did God really make them to be? Study them and then say, what do they need from me right now? Uh, We're not like the most amazing parents in the world, but we figured one thing out with with our oldest. He's just went into first grade and he was enjoying that freedom of going to school all day and being away from mom and dad. And then it was cut because school was canceled. We could see there was something going on in him. And we realized he needs some freedom. He needs to, to feel this, this responsibility on his own. And so we made some changes. We, we let him go ride his bike around the neighborhood um, in a safe area and not meet with anybody, but have that freedom away from us. We, we moved his sister back into his little brother's room and gave him his sister's room. So now he has his own room, his own workspace. And it's, it's actually helped because we were able to realize our kid is different. Our kid needs this space and needs this freedom to be him. It was great. And some of you might be thinking, you know, that sounds nice to be a guide and stuff. Really touchy-feely stuff, John. What about discipline? Like, kids aren't always perfect. What about, like, when we have to train them? Well, that's true. See, spoiling kids and creating little tyrants is not being a submissive parent. It's not submitting. Submit Parents that submit to their kids do the hard, hard work of consistent, thoughtful, calm, appropriate correction. They think through the boundaries that their specific kid needs. They submit their effort, their energy, their uh, emotions to training these kids. But they also know that children's choices are part of their journey with God. They're not about you. Their choices aren't about you. They're about their journey with God. And our job is to guide them on that. Create boundaries. 
have consequences that fit their choices. We need to celebrate progress and let go of perfection. Let them be who God is making them to be. And we need to keep our main example in focus. See, there's a reason God uses the family model when he talks about our relationship with him, that he is our heavenly father. He's the only perfect father who loves us, who loves you, loves you more than you know, knows you better than you know yourself. And he modeled for us what true fatherly parental submission is. It's the whole story of Jesus coming, God coming in human form to submit himself to what we needed most, a relationship with him, freedom, from from our past choices to be free to love him. Cain submitted himself so much that he died for us, gave all of himself up for us. That is the model we follow. That is our motivation. That is our empowerment to be parents. So think about it. What if during this quarantine time, during the, the quarantine conflict that we are dealing with, we, we learned how to be the family we want to be. We use this time to grow, to become the family we were created to be. What if when your kids hear that God is their father, they instinctively know that that means God is loving, God is patient, God guides them, God is for them, because they saw that from their parents. What if when your kids grew up and moved out, they still wanted to hang out with you? And you still wanted to hang out with them. You, you nurtured that type of relationship in your home as they were growing up. What if your, your family had more laughter and less arguing? I think that can happen. I think if we put in the hard work now, we can have that, kids and parents. Because the truth is, the family that submits to one another enjoys one another. We can enjoy our family, and it all starts with submission. Aaron and Monica, thanks for being awesome. Back to you. Welcome back. John, thank you so much for that advice. Always good to have some good advice as a parent or as kids. So, uh, well, it's actually that time in the episode where we give stuff away. That's right. Yes. So this week, we are giving away a gift certificate to North fresh sushi and uh, I can't wait to get over there and check it out. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, well it's sushi. And our winner this week is Ken S. Yes. Ken S, congratulations. We will get you that gift certificate. What do people get a chance to win this week, Monica? Uh, This week we are giving away a gift certificate to Peace City Soaps. Mm -hmm. Peace City Soaps is artisan soap. It's local, eco-friendly. They make beautiful, beautiful soaps. Um, They don't just look good, but um, they feel great. Mm -hmm. There's also face serums and body butters, Mm -hmm. and they have all kinds of great stuff on their shop. So check them out. Uh, But if you comment on this video or on the Facebook video, um, we're entering you in to our raffle or our giveaway to win a gift certificate to P-City. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really excited about it. So now that's it. That's pretty much it. I know. We Our kids did all the they work for us. They did an amazing us. job this week. <laughs> so this is all we get to do. This is or, it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But we'll be back next week for episode nine. It's going to be great. Uh-huh. And if you want to join our Facebook together 
for Salem group you can. There's a link in the description. There's also all kinds of resources in the descriptions of all of our videos with books that you can read on these topics. Um, sometimes there's podcasts. We link to other podcasts, um, Bible verses. There's um, all kinds of stuff for you to check out. Even the music that the staff listens to while they're creating right. these episodes, which is kind of sometimes um, random music for you. So check that out in the description. Um, coming across your screen next are some questions. So taking the message from John a little bit further, a little bit deeper, you can answer those questions. Just pause the video and answer it with your, your buddy, your neighbor, and just a great way for you to process the information. Please let us know you're here. Check out the link in the description. Send us that welcome email. We'll send you an e-gift e card. That's right. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. To your mom. And my mom. Happy Mother's Day. And all the moms. And Monica. Sure. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day.